Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it. It can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Volume 1, based on the 39 books of the Old Testament, is now available for pre-order, and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available for pre-order. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The digital library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Well, Pastor Ron, I'm sure many of our listeners are looking forward to reading this important book. I know I am. Talk about some of the challenges you face as you put this project together and tell us why this two-volume book can be such a great resource for those listening right now. Brian, I knew the ultimate road trip through the Bible would be a pretty big challenge to write as a two-volume set, as challenging to write as the Bible is intimidating for some people to read. But it was truly a labor of love, as is reading God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. I'm hopeful that these resources will show the readers just how beautifully the whole of the Bible fits together into an inspired and unified love letter from God to every member of His creation. Thanks, Pastor Ron. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to pre-order Volume 1 of this great resource for your gift of $30 or more. Or call our offices at 757-276-1099. And if you'd like to mail your check, our address is P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. The day is coming when Satan will be overthrown once and for all. But for now, he is the prince of this world, continually accusing believers in Christ of being undeserving of God's mercy. Today on Something Good, Dr. Ron Jones tells us how to combat our adversary, the accuser. Stay with us as he continues his teaching series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare, or drop by somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Listen or subscribe to the podcast at Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. From Ephesians chapter 6, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, putting on the breastplate of righteousness. If you wear a bulletproof vest, that probably means you work in a dangerous place or you have a dangerous uh, vocation. Uh, that might mean that you are a soldier in the military. Or it might mean that you are a police officer uh, walking the beat in the neighborhoods or in the city. I'm told that the best technology today is something called a Kevlar 
bulletproof vest. Kevlar is a type of material that uh, apparently is very, very strong, and when manufactured in a certain way, you, you can't even shoot a bullet through a Kevlar vest. Well, 2,000 years ago, when a Roman soldier went into battle, he didn't have a, a Kevlar best, vest. He had a, an iron breastplate that he wore, kind of the same idea, because he wanted to protect his vital organs as he went into battle. And that's the picture that the Apostle Paul has in mind of that Roman soldier when he wrote his letter to the Ephesians, and he comes to Ephesians chapter 6, and he takes us into that uh, somewhat mysterious, invisible world known as spiritual warfare. And, and, he, and he tells us that um, we should stand therefore, verse 14, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, what is that all about? Well, so far in our series, if you go all the way back to week one, we've talked about this invisible war that we're in. Paul says in Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world. He paints a, a picture that is invisible to the naked eye, but is just as real as anything physical you and I might see. And we said in week one, you've got to know as a believer in Jesus Christ, you're in a battle, you're in a war. Whether you choose to be in that war or not, you're in an invisible war. And then in week two, we got to know our enemy and we, we unmasked the schemes and the strategies of the devil, schemes like deception and doubt and discouragement and other things. Last week, we talked about the belt of truth, not technically a piece of armor, but 2,000 years ago, a Roman soldier um, as they would, they'd have long flowing robes that they would wear, but the soldier would hike up that robe and tuck it into his belt so he could run well. Uh, the belt was used also for other pieces in his armor. But Paul tells us to um, put on the belt of truth. Remember why? Because the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies according to Jesus. And we needed to acknowledge the truth and know the truth and live and walk in the truth and stand up for the truth. We talked about that last week. Now we come to the latter part of verse 14. And in the same way, he says, stand therefore having put on the breastplate of righteousness, of righteousness. Why this piece of armor? For this simple reason, because the devil is not only a liar, he's an accuser. He, he is an accuser of the brethren. In fact, uh, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10 says it this way, and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. Now listen to what it goes on to say about the devil. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. Never forget this, friends. The devil is like a prosecuting attorney who indicts, accuses, and lays blame about you and about me. And he receives regular intelligence reports. And he's not omniscient. He doesn't know all things at all times. He's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at all times. He's certainly not all-powerful. But through a network of demons and other fallen angels, he, he receives regular intelligence reports about you, about me, and he finds ways 
to rat on believers, to accuse believers day and night, the Scripture says. He is relentless in his accusations. Now, if you look around our culture today, we, we live in an accusatory culture. Where did this come from? I mean, we, we are just right in the middle of a culture of accusation in our world today. We hear it in our political dialogue, uh, even in our personal dialogues, our public um, communications today. Boy, everyone needs to kind of be on their guard against accusations. And here's how I kind of hear all of this and view it all. I look beyond the physical and into the spiritual realm, beyond the physical and into this invisible war. And I, I remember the devil doesn't know all things. He certainly doesn't know the day or the hour of Christ's return. Nobody knows that except the Father, right? But he can read the Bible. He, he, he can examine the signs of the times. And I think he has this sneaking suspicion that his time is short, so he's stepping up his game. And the accuser, the accuser is running rampant in our culture today. And he wants to accuse you. And he wants to accuse me. He's an accuser of the brethren. And somehow, uh, through uh, what we understand in Scripture, he has access to the throne room of God. We learned this from Job. We even learn it from Revelation chapter 12. Day and night, like a prosecuting attorney, he lays out his indictment in the throne room of God and says, this is what John did. This is what Mary did. This is what Ron did. This is what Susan did. He's an accuser. That's why we need the breastplate of righteousness. Not just any old breastplate, but against the accuser who wants to accuse us of all the wrong we've done, we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Say that word with me, righteousness, all right? It's a good theological term. And you see the word right in there. Let me break it down a little bit theologically. Here's what we're talking about. Two kinds of righteousness in the scriptures. One is the idea of being right with God. We call that positional righteousness. That as a believer in Jesus Christ stands before a holy and perfectly righteous God who always does what is right, our standing before him is we are righteous. No matter what the devil says about us, no matter how he accuses us, we are righteous before a righteous God, being right with God. We'll talk about what that means to be right with God. We'll talk about what it takes to get right with God, because that's a message for some of you here today. So theologians talk about positional righteousness, but on the other end of the discussion is what we call practical righteousness. This is just the everyday doing what is right, uh, putting the truth into practice, putting what is right into practice. Now, you have to know the truth and you have to know what's right and what's wrong and all of that, but then putting it into practice, doing what is right, that's a part uh, we'll discuss as well. Before we get into all of that, I want you to notice, though, Ephesians 6 and verse 14 does not say, put on the breastplate of self-righteousness. <laughs> no, no, there's no room for self-righteousness here. Self-righteousness is an insidious uh, disease that gets the best of us and even infiltrates its way into the church. It's performance-based. It's about rules, man-made rules. And people who think they're better than somebody else because they keep the rules better than others. You know who the, the best self-righteous rule keepers have been in all of history? 
the Pharisees. The Pharisees. Now, back in the first century, uh, the Israelites looked up to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, as, oh, if anybody, if anybody is right with God, it's got to be the Pharisees. They're the best rule keepers in the business. But Jesus Christ comes onto the scene, and in his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 20, he says this. All right, strap on your seatbelts. Ready? Especially if you're a Pharisee type. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you thought the righteousness of the Pharisees was all about uh, performance and keeping the rules of the law better than everybody else, you heard that on that uh, mountain on the northern edge of the Sea of Galilee and your heart sank and you said, well, I, I, I ain't got any luck here. This is never going to happen. My, my righteousness will never exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. But what Jesus was doing was very subtly differentiating between self-righteousness and the righteousness of God that is credited to somebody's account, not based upon performance, but upon, based upon the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and through faith in Him. Don't go away. We're only about halfway through today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Today's teaching is part of Ron's series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Visit our updated website, somethinggoodradio.org, for more information on this series or to hear any of Ron's daily messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out our Something Good travel experiences. Travel beyond belief with Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones to Bible lands like Israel, Greece, Italy, Jordan, Turkey, and Egypt. Walk in the footsteps of Jesus or navigate Paul's missionary journeys. Several new travel experiences are now open for registration. Learn more at somethinggoodradio.org travel. Want some good news today? The breastplate of righteousness is not about your righteousness. It's about the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Here's Ron and the rest of today's message, putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Let's talk about what it means to be right with God, our positional righteousness. Simply put, we are right with God by His grace and through faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. We're not talking about a performance-based righteousness. You don't get right with God by doing better or trying harder or keeping the commandments better than everybody else. That's called self-righteousness. And if you're not careful, if you're full of self-righteousness, you'll look smugly down the nose at somebody else who doesn't do it as well as you do, and you'll play the comparison game. Now, the Apostle Paul scrapes the Milky Way of this theological discussion in all of his letters in the New Testament. Starting in Romans chapter 5 and verse 19, he says, for as by the one man's disobedience, he's talking about Adam. Remember Adam back in Genesis, early chapters of Genesis? By the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. In other words, we inherited a sin nature. That's why all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So by, the, by one man's obedience, now he's talking about Jesus. 
by his obedience, the many will be made righteous or right before God. Paul writes a similar thing in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. Listen to this. For our sake, God made him to be sin who knew no sin. Who's he talking about? Jesus and his death upon the cross. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, in either of those verses, there's not a, an ounce of performance there. It's all about the righteousness of Christ. And these are powerful, powerful, life-changing truths that every believer in Jesus Christ must grasp in order to successfully dress for victory in spiritual warfare. Because the devil's going to accuse you of doing something wrong. And he's going to label you as unrighteous. But in short, the idea here is that Jesus took our sin on the cross and gave us his righteousness in exchange. That's a pretty good trade, isn't it? And that's something you accept by faith. Theologians refer to this as the imputed righteousness of Christ. In other words, righteousness is not earned by our right behavior. Instead, we are right in God's eyes only because Jesus' righteousness has been imputed or, here's another word, credited to our account. So let me illustrate it this way. Suppose you owed a million dollars. You were a million dollars in debt. Mortgage, credit card, lines of credit. I mean, you had just piled up this debt higher than a Montana sky. You, you couldn't see your way out of it. You had creditors knocking on your door and harassing you. And then one day, an anonymous friend paid the million dollars. Somebody credited to your account $1 million and paid off your debt. Well, the next time uh, the cycle came around, you, you, you tried to pay your creditors. They said, wait, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're paid off. You said, well, who did that? I don't know, just some anonymous friend who has deep pockets. More money than you can possibly imagine. Credited your account with $1 million. And not only that, wiped clean your credit report so that now your score is over 8 no remembrance of all that debt that you had piled up. That's, in a sense, what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. He paid, Colossians says, our sin debt that had piled up before God. He did that through his blood sacrifice and then deposited his righteousness into our spiritual accounts. And that's why when Paul was writing his letter to the Philippians... He wrote these words. Listen to this in Philippians 3, verses 8 and 9. Paul says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him. Let me just stop right there. Is there anything more important to you than knowing Christ and being found in him? Paul, who had everything... He had risen to the top of even the religious world. He had this incredible resume. He reached the point where he said, listen, I was one of the best rule keepers. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. And he says, I cast it all aside. I threw it on Mount Trashmore. It's rubbish to me so that I could know Christ and be found in him. Now we're ready for this. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, 
But that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God that depends on faith. Even the Apostle Paul was among the the best rule keepers out there. He was a Pharisee and was even respected by his fellow Pharisees. And he says, it's all rubbish. Every effort that I made to be righteous fell short, fell short of the glory of God. The breastplate of righteousness first means we are in a right relationship with God, not because we have behaved right, but because Jesus gave us his righteousness as a free gift. Grab on to that, friends. That in and of itself is the difference between Christianity and religion, because religion is is works-based. It's it's based upon self-righteousness. Me, through my own self-efforts, trying to be as right with God as I can. That's religion. That isn't Christianity. That isn't what, what the Apostle Paul said. That isn't what transformed this Pharisee of Pharisees into a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus puts us in a right relationship with God, we can say it this way, by clothing us in his righteousness. When you're facing Satan, the accuser, the prosecutor in the cosmic courtroom, the truth is always your best defense. Jesus Christ, your defense attorney, is that truth. Blessed be his holy name. If you miss part of today's message, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, or if you'd like to hear it again, stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime and listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. Partnership has always been essential to fulfill the Great Commission, and today Ron invites you to join him in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with a growing audience. When you partner with us, we'll start by sending you a copy of Ron's popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, Exploring Its Amazing Secrets. Other 828 Club benefits will arrive throughout the year. To join the 828 Club right now, look for Something Good Partners at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or call 757-276-1099. Believe what God says about you. Don't believe the lies of the devil, that accuser, that prosecuting attorney, 
who's going to bring the indictment before the cosmic courtroom and say, you know, Joe, Joe did something wrong yesterday. Did you see this? Okay. No, you're standing in the righteousness of Christ. You are clothed in his righteousness. You need to believe what God says about you. You're forgiven. You're chosen. You're blessed. You're righteous in his eyes. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares part two of his message, putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the whole team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. God bless you, and thanks for listening.